start this big slumber party double episode boys at the slumber party <laughs> welcome back to wtm watch this movie i am eric Mulder. so he says wrecked him damn near killed him joining me today mr positivity himself is back positively excited for this <laughs> one brett well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hell no, I'm a Christian, and you ain't gonna sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? Also back is Jason, kneeling. Sup? Sup, dude? He's not kneeling, he's standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> But you never heard that joke before. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> Pun on your name. Yeah, I remember hearing that uh, as a small child when somebody I didn't know came over and made that joke, and I immediately did not like him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling in school there was a different kind of kneeling joke going on. <laughs> hi <Hi-oh>. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that too. <laughs> Or even as as young as in the middle school? Huh? Were they making those jokes in middle school even? Oh, sure. Really? It's in mostly in middle school. Naughty kid. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's when kids are, you know, most monstrous, I think, is in middle school. Yeah, but bullying didn't start till 2008, so. <laughs> what? Bullying didn't start till 2008. Like, it wasn't a thing before 2008. Oh, you mean like they didn't call it that? It was just... Thing. Well, they call it, it just kids being kids. They call it bullying, but nobody gave a shit. Mm. <laughs> was there some catalyst in 2008 that made it a thing? Probably the internet. <laughs> okay. Well, they had that documentary too. That came out like 2012. Was it that late? What is this yeah. documentary? It's called it, Bully. It was after I started working at the theater, so I haven't seen it, but I, yeah. I think the awareness that that brought is really. Yeah. spread mm-hmm. bullying awareness online bullying wasn't there a bunch of uh youtube drama kind of stuff too like kids uh making videos about how oh, they're gonna kill themselves or something called cyber bullying <laughs> oh yeah that was a big thing too no there were a bunch of people that uh committed suicide on facebook live yeah recently like a bunch of nine-year-olds recently like within the last year or two huh yeah they're in the news. See them on the U- yeah. Yahoo's. I don't do the news. I, the, s- I stay Yahoo. in my apartment. I close the blinds. <laughs> See your rich mahogany. Yeah, <laughs> I just smell mahogany. All right. Enough of the bullying. Let's get back to the babes at the slumber party. We're doing a double episode today. 
So Slumber Party, the Slumber Party Massacre, mm-hmm. and the Slumber Party Massacre 2. No, the second one doesn't have the on it. Oh. The second sorry. one doesn't? Yeah, I noticed. It's a Mandela I, effect. <laughs> I remember you, when you first talked about the trilogy, I thought you had just said Slumber Party Massacre, and I'm like... Well, I was. I was just saying that, like, Slumber Party right, Massacre right. trilogy. Yeah, but know. when I saw, like, the, the cover of the Blu-ray, I was like, the Slumber Party Massacre... That's not it's as the, good of a title. Like, like the Ohio State. Yeah, they should have taken off the the. But it's the only one. Until <laughs> the second one. <laughs> that's why they took off the for the second one. Probably. Is it on the third one? it's a different... It, I don't know. Third one's just Slumber Party Massacre yeah. 3. Mm-hmm. But we're doing the first two because uh, I think the first one is a... Well, it's kind of a cult film and it's a sneaky great film, I think. You guys weren't as high in it as me. I disagree with that assessment. Yeah, yeah well, that's because you hate women's rights and feminism. That's You have a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the second one, I find to be a very unique sequel and surprisingly good as well. It's, I mean, not, The second one is amazing. <laughs> not in the same vein as the first because it's pretty different. It's fucking amazing. I just want to point out it I was sarcastic when I... Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't have any problem with feminism and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to get it I on the record. I yeah. know sarcasm is new to you, so <laughs> thanks for thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um You've been spending too much time with us. Yeah. Learning <laughs> new things. All right. The Slumber Party Massacre from nineteen eighty two, directed by Amy Holden Jones. Uh, also written by Rita Mae Brown. Uh, if you heard me talk on a previous episode about watching the trilogy, these uh, these movies have the unique distinction of being written and directed solely by women. And so that kind of plays a role into the feminist themes and undertones and female empowerment and whatnot. Kind of provides a different perspective to the exploitativeness of it. Girl power. That was a very mean way to say that <laughs> very sexist way of saying that what girl power girl power <laughs> uh starring michelle michaels as trish robin still as valerie although it's debatable about who is the main character first one you see is trish but they seem to spend a lot of time with valerie mm-hmm. valerie i, I wouldn't mean, say there's a main main character yeah, I would say th- these two are kind of the main, but it's weird because it it follows the storyline of Valerie and her sister, and then like Trish at her party. Yeah, and it's kind of like those are the two main women, but you don't really know who the main character is. Yeah, Trish is like the head of the the cool kids club, and mm-hmm. then Valerie's new in town, and everybody hates her except for Trish because of her milk drinking habits. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, also starring Michael Vieja as Russ Thorne, uh, Deborah DeLiso as Kim, uh, Andrea Ottery as Jackie, Gina Hunter as Diane. She's the real fucking B-word of the crew. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, Joseph Allen Johnson as Neil, David Milburn as Jeff. That's about enough, I suppose. What about the coach? Did you say the coach? Yeah, what was her name again? Yeah, okay, so that's Pamela Roylance as Coach Jana. Oh, we got to bring up Rig Kennedy as David Content. 
Mr. Content, the, the next door neighbor. The creepy ass next door neighbor. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, Storyline A high school student's slumber party turns terrifying as an escaped mental patient with a drill decides to crash the evening. So, uh, I noticed, I mean, this movie's very short, hour 17 minutes, it says here. Mm-hmm. So, it's basically an hour 15 without credits. And you see breasts two minutes in. Like exactly was it two, two minutes. whole minutes. Two minutes. What happened before the breath? Uh, <laughs> she was just laying in bed. She, she wakes up. Yeah. Okay. There's some credits. There's the opening music and the slumber party, but the slumber party massacre. Hmm. Actually, I have a clip of that, which I'll probably play right now. I'll just put it in post, but I don't want it's loud music. You can't talk over it, so. Yeah. So Trish just wakes up. On the radio in the back room, you can kind of hear that there's reports of a escape mental patient, but she doesn't really hear that. She leaves. People keep changing the channel every time they talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. Well, she, I don't, I don't understand. Like, she wakes up and gets stressed, and then she just starts throwing away old toys. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what was going on with that. <laughs> what the fuck was that about? Did she say drop him off at the to donate him or something? No, she put him in the garbage outside. On the I curb. know she does, but because I don't think the mom says anything. We have a clip here, what conversation with the mother? But well, there's this. I don't whole... think they address it at all. I think she, she just does it, and then the, somebody pulls one of the dolls out mm-hmm. and spooks him with it later. They never make it really clear who does it, but mm-hmm. you can tell it's Russ Thorne. This is a paper with the headline. You know. Escaped uh, mental patient. It might be Mr. Content, though. <laughs> Former mass murderer. It's not Jeff and Neil, because they denied it. Yeah. But that whole getting rid of uh, childish toys things, I think that just ties into the theme of you know, women uh, growing up and mm-hmm. you know growing into their sexuality and that kind of thing. Because that seemed like a big theme in the movie. Yeah. When I was a child, I thought and acted like a child. When I was a adult i put away childish things <laughs> you know who said that actually we just said it was quit being a fucking dinosaur you know who said that though what, richard jenkins jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right Is you, that true? You, you were reading the bible last week do for you, carrie do you, <laughs> you read pro- that do you want to prove me wrong <laughs> no i don't i just i recognize that quote but i really did not realize that's a that's a bible quote yeah oh. okay i believe you I just, I'm surprised. <laughs> should fucking go to church once in a while. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> All right. Uh, let's play a clip here. This is Trish talking to her mom. Her parents are leaving on some trip for the weekend. Hence why she can have a slumber party over at her house. Dad's in Unbeknownst a real, to them. Dad's in a real hurry. No, they knew about it. They didn't know about the boys, though. Yeah. Or the beer or the Maui Wowie. <laughs> How about my blue jacket? Did you remember that? It's in there. Okay. The plane tickets, where I are they? The... Okay. Trish, the chips are under the sink and there's soda in the fridge. And our number at the hotel is right by the phone. Okay, Mom. Everything will be fine. And that we have to go right this minute. Mr. Content will be home all weekend and he'll look in on you. Hi, Mr. Content. Don't worry, I I won't let the girls get in any trouble. Oh, shit. Annette! Bye-bye, baby. Bye. You lock all the doors and windows. 
Mom, I'm 18 years old, remember? You will always be my baby. <laughs> Mr. Content just creeping on Trish. Like, he's just standing in the in the driveway. They just pan over. <laughs> and there he is. <laughs> Mr. Content, that's like the worst name I've maybe heard in a movie ever. I like how he goes, uh, I won't let them get in any trouble. And Trish is like, oh, shit. Like, what's he going to do? Like, <laughs> You're planning on getting in trouble? And then she gets uh, offended that her mom tells her to lock the doors and windows. Like, I'm 18. I can leave them wide open. (laughs) (laughs) At 18. So she heads off to school after she dumps the toys in the trash. And then we are introduced to a couple of the the young strapping gentlemen of the picture. Let's see. They're Jeff and uh, what was the other one? Neil. Neil. They suck. Yeah, the first thing you hear them say is one of the one of them says you got to be more aggressive. <laughs> like, yeah, going after that's the first thing you hear him say. Mm-hmm. This mid conversation, and just... then they uh, they spot a young woman phone operator or worker, like a, like a phone repair woman. Yes, who's up on a ladder, so they get a nice uh, nice view of her. Uh, Ass. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say something else, but I of her a word. I couldn't think. Of, <laughs> I couldn't think of something else to say. Yeah. Um, I have a clip from that. Kind of how douchey the guys are a little bit. Give me five minutes. Hi. Uh, my name's Hi. Jeff. Can I help you with that? Sure. Thanks. You know, I've been having some ringing in my um, ear. I mean, in my phone, and I thought maybe a phone woman could help me. Uh, are all phone women this pretty? I wouldn't know. Would you ever consider dating a younger man? I mean, you know what they say about younger men. Try it. You'll like it. I hadn't really thought about it. Well, my number's out of board. Your number is zero. <laughs> I, think, I think that would be considered sexual harassment yeah. in 2018. And yeah, Your I've, number is zero. <laughs> <laughs> I've never once heard that. Younger men try it, you'll like it. <laughs> Is this like Kevin Spacey's journal or something, or what? <laughs> I think he was, uh, he was um, ad libbing, and you know, <laughs> try it, you'll like it. <laughs> That's the best he came up with. That line is kind of brought up again at the end by Russ Thorne. He's like, you'll like it, you know. He's oh, yeah. talking about that at the, when he's talking to her at Trish at the end. But, but old old Russ, we we see him pretty quick right there. Yeah, as soon as that conversation ends, he's hiding in the van. <laughs> yeah, he yanks her into the van and slides the door, <laughs> slams it closed. That sliding door. And the, she's pounding on the window and screaming, <laughs> and somehow they are completely oblivious. They're just walking away, you know. Outdoor <laughs> ambient noise, Jason. It's too loud outside the school. And that leads right into a riveting game of basketball right after she is uh, drilled through the head, basically. <laughs> So it cuts from that to a very heated game of women's basketball. So is that gym class or was that the varsity team? That's what was confusing to me. She's like, we have two more or like one one more week of varsity basketball and then we have tryouts for baseball. She didn't say softball. <laughs> yeah. She's tryouts for baseball. I'm like, what the like, fuck who, is this? Who are you talking to? You don't think girls can play baseball? What are you no, saying? No, it's just uh, it's... name me one high school that had baseball for women. My bad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Quit dropping your shit on the mics. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mic stands. 
Oh, he's bumping this. What, what was the last thing you said? I said, name me one high school that offered baseball to women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you played baseball to your woman, write in. Because I would love to. I'd be fascinated. You'd be the only school in the country. Especially in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, Obviously softball, yes. But I like how uh, Coach Jana is doing the, she's doing the opening tip and she's like, Diane, don't be a ball hog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> setting it up. Diana's a bitch. Don't yeah. The it reminded me of uh, that basketball game in Along Came Polly. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's just throwing up bricks. He's like, Rainmaker! Let it rain! Rain dance! And he's just bricking them off the... Well, not just bricking them, but right off the like the side of the backboard. Yeah. That's kind of what these girls are doing, except ja- for the, the Jackie layups. throws one. She She's lucky she hit the backboard. <laughs> Larry Bird, you ain't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The t-shirts start starts to it's zing like, the kids. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> not slapping them like in Carrie, but yeah. And then uh, uh, Trish is all upset because Valerie keeps making shots, mm-hmm. and she only or, makes one. Yeah, she makes nice layup, Valerie. <laughs> yeah, teacher's pet. <laughs> well, they cleared the lane for her. Yeah, it was in the best interior defense there. So they show each team make one layup. And then it's all right. Hit the showers. And Jeff and Neil are there, watching, cheering on. They're so just so it's like is that gym class, and they're just you know crashing it, or they let people watch practice. I don't. That's unusual. I don't. know. Maybe the baseball thing is more of a a gender reversal thing because I watched part of the making of interview with the director, Amy Jones. It was pretty fascinating, her story in particular. She went on to do things like she wrote the screenplay for Beethoven (laughs) and Indecent Proposal and Mystic Pizza, things like that. And uh, kind of she broke into the business basically by editing a Roger Corman film in 79. And she got in good with Roger Corman. So this came out in 82. And at the time, she had the job to, she could have, been the editor of et but she wanted to get into directing and corman is like well you want to direct this or you can go edit et yeah she's like all right i guess i'll direct this she probably would have edited those guns out way back then (laughs) (laughs) but uh she talked about how you know this is a, a slasher but also comedy and yeah, it was read, written by a feminist. Yeah, I read that it was originally supposed to be a satire. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we'll just make it a straight horror movie. Yeah, and there, there's still some satire in it. You can definitely see that. Um, definitely still a lot of jokes, like when she's eating the pizza off the dead pizza guy. <laughs> right. I feel better already. Like, there's stuff that's pretty lighthearted. But she talked a little bit about, you know, the exploitativeness of it, because it's kind of a requirement, especially at that time. For that type of movie, you know, you got to have a lot of tits and ass. That type of thing. So, I mean, we see, yeah, we see breasts two minutes in, and then there's a shower scene about Pretty gratuitous. eight minutes in. Pretty yeah. gratuitous. Very voyeuristic, scene. very panning down just a close up on the ass. And then. And the first line in the showers is, I think your tits are getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird watching it. You're like, okay, you'd think, oh, maybe there's some douchey guy you know, directed this in the early 80s, just trying to sell tickets, you know, show mm-hmm. boobs and blood. Then you're like, oh, it's a woman, and then written by a feminist. 
because it's it's a little weird watching it because it almost seems like it's so forced. Like you're gonna look at her ass right now, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna look at her breasts, and you're gonna like it, <laughs> that type of thing. And yeah. Amy Jones kind of talked about how, yes, it was a requirement, so she's showing it like there, there mm-hmm. it is. That's yeah. what you wanted, that type of thing. But also, also from her perspective, a little bit. So you can kind of it's just a kind of a a different feeling you get while you're watching it than you would I guess other slashers with obviously you know gratuitous nudity hmm. uh, maybe that has more to do with the themes that develop throughout the film you kind of see it's more than just a typical slasher like there's some more underlying feminist themes and whatnot so then it, you kind of see it through a different lens I guess yeah but yeah, um, then there's a, a very erotic shower scene with all the women. And they're, aren't they even snapping each other bras and stuff? In the, I don't know. No, that's in the second one. They're snapping each other bras. I think. <laughs> yeah, that was in the second one. Well, they're <laughs> pillow fighting. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they're talking about the slumber party. Yeah, Trish is and, uh, pretty impressed with Valerie's basketball skills. And, I, you know, they were, yeah, they want to... Diane wasn't having it. They think we should invite Trisha over, and Diane's like, "Oh, I want John Minor to come over," and you know, they got some stuff to say about Valerie. That dude is weird. Yeah, Yeah, he's a a fucking creeper. (laughs) All right, I have a clip from that. Them shit talking, or I should say, Diane shit talking (laughs) Valerie. Look, what do you have against Valerie anyway? Nothing. She drinks too much milk. Wouldn't happen to have anything to do with how good a basketball player she is, would it? Or how pretty she is. She works at it. Do you ever notice how perfect her eyeliner is? Just so. No reason to be unkind. I don't like people I have to get to know. Can I borrow your dress? Hey, it's her problem she transferred here, not mine. <sighs> Diane, you're a snob. Hey, only the best people are, you know? Well, I'm going to ask her. Fine. Just go right ahead. Hey, Valerie. I'm having a few girls over tonight, and I was wondering if maybe I you can't, could Trish. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, come I on. Have... She heard. Fucking Diane. Just a real fucking bee. What a snob. But they are the best people. She gets all the all the guys. Want Diane. Yeah, and, mm. and going back, or I should say in addition to that kind of gender reversal thing going on, Amy Jones talked about how, like, one of the next scenes is when Jeff and Neil are walking up to the party. Oh, yeah. Talking about it, they should scare him. And they're kind of, you know, they're bumbling idiots throughout the whole movie. And she talked a little bit about how it's almost like she gave the stereotypical female roles to men. Cause I mean, a lot of slashers, there's always the final girl who's usually mm. very strong willed, right. You know, courageous or, you know, resistant, whatnot. But a lot of the other females that are put notches on the killer's belt, uh, they're kind of just, you know, dumb bimbos and idiots and whatnot. Mm. And so they kind of, she kind of flips it where, the bumbling moron is the is the couple of random guys that are the supporting characters and whatnot. Yeah, John Minor is a male bimbo. <laughs> 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 a 
old John Minor sneaking up. Why are you sneaking up on uh, on Diane out in the middle of the street? He got <laughs> judo thrown. Yeah. <laughs> Hip tossed right on the street. Yeah, Diane works his ass over, and he's you a better, big dude. You better mm-hmm. learn how to fall. You're going to get hurt. And at the end of this movie, it's not just a final girl. It's a collaborative effort between at least three of them, Valerina's sister and Trish. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the, you know, the coach. She helps a little yeah. bit, too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they all kind of come together, and they're all in their own way. They're very strong and and fending off this resilient, this driller killer, the driller who's pe- killer who's penetrating all the women with his <laughs> drill. Gross! Right before he gets it cut off at the end by Valerie. Yeah. With them, why do they have a machete in the basement? That's is that a normal thing that people have? <laughs> uh, no, you would Sometimes think it'd be in the garage. Cut through the bush. Yeah. You think it'd be in the garage though? Was that a joke? That was a. I got that joke. <laughs> That's good. I'm not gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so was that the basement? Is that what you said where the machete was? Yeah. Because yeah. she tried to take the uh, the circular saw, but she realized that the extension cords only go so <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe she had to run so far to realize that there was there was a cord coming off of that thing. Yeah. Well, she yeah I don't I don't know if she realized it or not but uh, she might have thought that it might reach mm-hmm. but um, so after they're done the showers a lot of the people are leaving the school talking about the party one girl has to go back and get her books Linda s- Linda uh, she has to go get her books to study for a test or something like that yeah there's a test on Monday and she can't fail. So she goes back in and Coach warns, you know, they're going to lock up soon, so hurry up. And Russ just immediately gets out of the van and with his big drill in tow, they're <laughs> like four in the afternoon. Locks all the doors within like seconds of her going in. Mm-hmm. And then he corners her. Yeah, and he gets her in the arm and then she runs off and he stalks her into the, the locker room. There's like the uh, coach's office or something. Yep. He finally finds her in there with the blood under the door. and Which the coach's office has a big window to the shower room. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's to keep an eye on. That's where you hand the out the towels. Play. I guess you don't want any horseplay going on in the <laughs> gym locker room shower. You got you to gotta prevent any carry-like situations. Yep. Watch for that bullying in the shower. Horseplay. That's a Jerry Sandusky <laughs> reference. <laughs> Plug it up. Plug it up. Penn State, this is not. <laughs> Although it doesn't, I mean, you can tell that he kills her, but it doesn't show the actual kill. It just shows him drilling through the door and her screaming and it cuts away. I thought it was kind of cool when they kept showing, you know, him drilling through things and into people. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of range with that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some of the camera shots in there are pretty cool, too. There's some a couple of... Short tracking shots of behind him, yeah, and some side by side stuff on a dolly, and then when it cuts to outside, the kids are talking about the party, and they're talking about their provisions, like yeah, provisions for the party. What are provisions? And he goes, you know, Doritos, Nodos, Bennies, Crystal Meth. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are Bennies? We all have different meaning for Bennies, but <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying that to think what the familiar. fuck a Benny would be. He said Benzos and Bennies, right? He said Doritos, Nodos, oh, no, Bennies, no. and Crystal Meth. 
crystal meth was said jokingly. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had crystal meth back then. I thought that was a newer thing. I don't know, 82? I don't know. Like how the police always have to say the full name, crystal methamphetamine. <laughs> That's why you can't get cough syrup at the drugstore without leaving your ID. Um, so then we kind of get to, you know, Trish is getting back to the house. Uh, we introduced to Valerie's younger sister. Benzedrine. That's what Benny's are. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Can I say when, uh, when coach Jana goes back to her house, it was pretty sweet how the drill went through the door right in her face. Mm-hmm. And then she <laughs> yeah. opens it and this lady, Pam's just like, I'm putting you in your peephole. Yeah. <laughs> and then p- they talk for about 10 seconds and then Pam leaves and then the, the thing's in there in the <laughs> yeah. door. Right. It's like, man, she's magic. People yeah. just appears out of nowhere. That was a hard to miss continuity error. <laughs> And Jason she was got, very bothered by it. it I was. Because it went from a bare hole to like a fully installed peephole. Yeah. <laughs> and she got super Dr- close to just drilling her right in the face. I mean, yeah. she didn't even movie. care. She didn't even care. So yeah. She couldn't well, even he hear. almost killed me. That's okay. The like drill was, coming through the door. Well, it was like after she put her key in, the drill yeah. starts up. And it's like, I guess you didn't hear the key go in there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's somebody at the door. I better get this done quick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if somebody's there. There's no people. (laughs) Um, We introduced to Valerie's younger sister, Courtney, who's a little little shit. And she likes likes playgirls. And her Hooters starter outfit. And bananas. (laughs) Yeah, bananas. (laughs) I was surprised to see that in a movie like this. I don't know. That seemed... uh, just extra too risque the, for an 80s movie, maybe? Too what, on the nose. What, the banana? Yeah. Well, she ate it. Sure. Well, well Sylvester, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was on the cover of that Playgirl. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a Sylvester Stallone issue. What? What's your point? I'm just saying, that's a fact. It's a very famous issue of Playgirl. Did you know Sylvester Stallone is a very famous actor? <laughs> I've heard of him. And that he was on the cover of the Playgirl yeah. in the movie. Uh, I, that I didn't we were know if you were relating about. that to the banana thing. No, we've moved on. Okay, just okay. I'm with you. If I'm you following. want to dwell on the banana, that's your prerogative. <laughs> but what did she do with that banana? You and Bobby Brown. <laughs> oh, Bobby Brown! How did you survive the longest? <laughs> He's got that tolerance built up. Um, all right, I got a clip here. This is just after the some of the girls show up to Trisha's house. And this is also right after Mr. Content scared the shit out of Trish when she yeah. came home. Can we talk about that? Because she's, what, just reading or something? and uh, Or she's on the phone, and she's like, I, I think somebody's here. And then she goes to check, and the door is, like, halfway open. Mm-hmm. So she just closes it, and then she goes and plays piano. And then Mr. <laughs> Content comes out of the dark. He's just lurking in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't see you, so I came in and looked for you. Like, Did he say, I saw your door was open? Or I don't. He's like, I came to check on you, and, and I didn't see you, so I came and thought I'd look around a little bit. I just bit. came and lurked in the shadows. No he, big deal. You know, didn't announce himself, didn't knock. You know, he just he just comes in, starts walking around in the dark, and then <laughs> sneaks up on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you're so 
so fucking creepy. If we didn't already know who the killer was, I would think you're the fucking killer. <laughs> it's like he sneaks up on Diane later. <laughs> He's with a butcher on... knife. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just my, my snail something. killing knife. Like for real though. Fifty three. <laughs> like this was this movie's a little weird in that they, they show you who the killer is right from the get go. Mm-hmm. And you know who he is the whole time. But if it was like other slasher movies where they don't show you the killer to the end, and it's kind of a whodunit. Mr. Content would be <laughs> suspect number one. Yep. Yeah. Fucking A, this guy. You the know, it struck me, and maybe this was a conscious decision, but that killer, I don't know. It seemed like they could have made him more threatening or creepy looking, you know? Or maybe they just wanted him to kind of represent... Do you think he was represent- or, or what? Well, no, but he's not... Like, he doesn't look like a crazed maniac. He just looks like a dude with a drill. I, I, mean, I don't know. They like put some red maniac. around his eyes. Well, and me- like... mental illness isn't always visible on the outside. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that, but 80s horror movies generally, you know, they'd make him... Maybe they thought... He's just some dude in a Canadian tuxedo. Jason, why don't you tell us what do crazy people look like? <laughs> huh? In the 80s, <laughs> in movies... Crazy people look like Canadians. fucking crazy people. <laughs> Maybe they thought that was too lowbrow. Maybe. And that they had more respect for their audience. Or, you know, maybe he's supposed to be a representation of just men in general, you know? Mm. It's kind of part of the message of the movie. I see. Yeah, he is, at least in a way. Yeah. With the <laughs> the obvious drill imagery of his <laughs> cock that he's carrying around everywhere, right. shoving into women. Yeah. They're not very subtle. Gen- no. Generally in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Men too, though. The pizza guy gets it through the eyes. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting symbolism right there. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Skull fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how he, he used it to slash, too. Like, it yeah. wasn't just drilling. He did I was like, I don't know if the drills work too. like that. Like I, I guess. I guess it's it probably would. pretty sharp, but yeah. they got a slash to be a slasher, right? I guess, yeah, that's the <laughs> definition. It's not just an 80s driller movie. <laughs> but we're, we're getting a little uh, off. You were going to play the clip of Mr. Content. Yeah. After uh, the girls show up with beer and weed. Kim won't shut the fuck up about her Maui Wowie. <laughs> how obviously, how I have, yeah. They're just motioning her like, shut the fuck up. She isn't getting the message. What's the matter with you? We got beer and Maui Wowie. It's so great. I'm going to tell you all about it. <laughs> Look what I scored from my older brother. Hey. And that ain't the half of it. Gee, that's well. Soda pop. Right. What's the matter with you? Cast your eyes on this. Maui Wowie. 100% seedless prime bud. Hmm. Oh, hi, Mr. Condor. <laughs> I was just leaving. <laughs> Trish, I won't tell if you don't let your parents know I scared you to death. Okay? And go easy on the Maui Wowie. Yeah? For sure, Mr. Condor. And if you need me, I'm right next door. Okay. Thanks. Good night. night. Mr. Content is definitely a sex offender. <laughs> it's, even his name sounds like a porn stage name or something. <laughs> He's yeah. Definitely a sex offender. If this were taking place later, he would have had to introduce himself to the whole neighborhood. Yeah. But uh, God. Yeah, I have the uh, the Scream Factory Blu-ray for this. 
which is pretty fantastic. And there's an interview with him in here. Rig Kennedy is his name, Mr. Content. And uh, he's credited in this film as Ryan Kennedy. And the interview he does is 13 minutes. And it's one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever seen in my life. This guy loves the smell of his own shit. He considers himself like a master thespian. And like, it looks like it was just in like his office. Cause he's sitting at his computer and then like the camera starts painting around the room a little bit. And there's a lot of shit on the walls. So you're like, oh, I'm still thinking like it's an office. And there's like a tiny bed in the background and a door. And you're like, Oh, this must be like his studio apartment or something. And, um, he seems like he's not all there. Kind of seems like his character in here is a little weird, like yeah. creepy weird. And he's talking about how it's like, I really wish I would have credited myself as rig in this film because Tarantino has said, this is his favorite slasher movie. And I would have wanted Tarantino to see my work, you know, for future considerations. And he's going on and on about this. And it's like, he hasn't really here. Let's look what he's done. This guy is out there. It's pretty recent interview, too, because there was an Obama 2012 sticker. So must have been done after that, of course. So he thinks that Quentin Tarantino couldn't figure out what else he's been in since then because he used a different name in the credits there. doesn't make all that much sense. I want this guy in my movie so bad I just can't find him. Just disappeared. Yeah, you can't really find... I mean... He's been in several, he has 34 credits as an actor. And I'm just trying to figure out something I would recognize. Wow, he's actually still doing things, though. He's in something in 2016, 2015, 2012, 2011. I don't think I've heard of any of these things that he's been in. Macmillan and Wife, he was an episode of Macmillan and Wife. (laughs) One episode. I've heard of that. (laughs) That's something. But it's a pretty crazy interview. He doesn't exactly talk all that much about Slumber Party. But he does go into about a five-minute spoken word, I don't know, just performance for the camera. (laughs) It's like singing and acting and I think he even dies at the end of it or something. It was weird. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a fucking loser. He was was kind of a spaz. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty weird to see. So definitely worth it. Check out the special features. The making of is much better, you know, with Amy Jones. It was more insightful. But, yeah, getting back to this movie. Uh, so they start smoking weed. Let's see, Valerie and her sister are next door. Um, Courtney continues to, I don't know, I guess, be snotty to her older sister. Yeah. You you weren't even invited, were you? It's <laughs> like, yeah, I was. Didn't want to go. Stay home and take care of you. Meanwhile, Jeff and Neil start peeping in the windows. Yeah, the girls, of course, just start stripping for no reason and to get a, into... Having a little gossip session. Yeah, more comfortable clothes like jerseys and long shirts and things like that. Getting their PJs on. Mm-hmm. These guys are talking about them really loudly, like right outside yeah. this open window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the window's open and they're just commentating, they're stripping. I, th- I think we've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Which is a line that is repeated in the second movie. Yep. It's like the virtually the same scene in the second movie, actually. It's very similar. Uh, they send Diane to go out and get some firewood. And there's a snail on 
one of the logs that kind of creeps her out. And all of a sudden this big butcher knife comes out of nowhere and smashes it. It's Mr. Content out hunting snails. And they get into like my vegetable garden. They right. act like it's normal. Like, that's just, you know, that's what people do. This is the best way to get them. <laughs> so this is 53. So he's killed 53 snails that night. Yeah. With a knife. Stalking around his backyard in the dark. <laughs> the fucking butcher knife. <laughs> Uh, it's funny, in the third one, there's another creepy neighbor like that, but this dude has a fucking telescope that he looks through, <laughs> oh, no. and he also shows up in the house unannounced, just like <laughs> Mr. Content. Let's say, like, Jesus. So they bring him back. I mean, obviously, it's not Mr. Content, but different characters in the third one. That one's the whodunit. Okay. Yeah. They don't tell you who the driller killer is at the beginning. I still got to watch that one still. Yeah. So I guess they all are pretty different. Yeah. I but, mean, the, um, maybe we'll get more into the second one when yeah. we get to it, but pretty unique trilogy. So where do we get to next? So who's the next to die? Oh, Mr. Oh, Content, Content right there. Yeah. Right after that scene, he, right after Diane leaves, he gets it right through the like neck. Immediately. <laughs> like, dude's just been standing behind him the whole time with the drill Apparently. And he screams a little bit, and the Jeff and Neil are outside. They're, Did you hear something? They're like, mm. like that drill is pretty fucking loud. I don't know how <laughs> nobody is hearing this drill. <laughs> yeah. Some weird acoustics in that neighborhood. That's why the girls didn't hear them through the window. I'm starting to think drill. Jeff and Neil have a hearing problem. <laughs> <laughs> they end up ordering pizza because they're smoking and they're got the munchies. Pizza doesn't come for a little while, but. Well, back at uh, Valerie and Courtney's uh, place, I think you got this clip. Uh, Valerie teases Courtney about uh, what she did in the fifth grade. Activities she's been doing (laughs) since fifth grade. Because this is while they're uh, taking a look at the playgirl. Yeah. She's kind of begging around about it. She's kind of teasing her. Don't pull, don't rip out the centerfold this time. Because Courtney, Courtney says she's studying, but Valerie knows. Yeah, and she's holding the centerfold in her hand when she says that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> Forking over shortcakes. Why not? I didn't finish it. Pervert. Look who's talking. Courtney, leave it alone. Jason is the athletic type. He enjoys bike riding and tennis and surfing at dawn. He's a straight-A student and planning to be a veterinarian. He'll do. Yuck! Oh, Faker, you were beating off boys in the fifth grade. I was not, you creep! Donald is a fly fisherman and a gourmet cook. Hey, Val, did you tell Mom? Tell Mom what? About the fifth grade? I made that up. You did not? I hate you! I hate you, you creep! (laughs) I'll get you for this. Courtney just outs herself. (laughs) (laughs) I totally did that. (laughs) You did not make that up. (laughs) What? Fifth grade? This is a a loose school district. (laughs) And then Courtney gets mad. Like, you're the one who who outed yourself. (laughs) She she totally made it up. And you just confirmed that it. (laughs) It was, in fact, accurate. So where do we get to next? Where's the next kill? 
Would that be in the garage? I think that's uh, John Minor shows up. Yep. The stalker eyes. So I think what, <laughs> what interested me uh, around that, well, not just that kill, but uh, Kim and Jackie are just, a, they're dying to know how the Dodgers scored six runs last night. <laughs> <laughs> no internet to check. And apparently call they somebody up. They don't have a newspaper. They don't have the internet. They can't Google it, so they're trying to remember how the Dodgers scored their six runs. So yeah, they call up the coach, and she has to explain it There's all. There's like three or four scenes uh, where that is the center of the conversation, <laughs> is how do the Dodgers got their six runs. <laughs> yeah, because Diane keeps on trying to sneak away to uh, you know sleep with her boyfriend, Yeah, spend some quality time. Just want to leave the party, of course. And then she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. Uh, he's here, so I'm just gonna. We're gonna go get some supplies. Yeah, they're like, we're gonna go get some beers. Yeah. I was like, but I'm making strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> Trish <laughs> is like, you don't need my. Uh, I think Diane would prefer beers. <laughs> you don't need my permission. To leave. Yeah, I don't need my permission. So she goes back out there. At which time, the driller killer has already killed Miner. Mm-hmm. And then, then his head falls off right in her lap. <laughs> yeah, that's right in his own lap, actually. But she was trying to make out with him. And then he chases her out of the car and corners her. And then he, one of the more maybe more famous shots in the movie, he there's a camera shot from beneath him through his legs, showing Diane, and the drill is pointed down. It looks like his dick is hanging. Mm-hmm. She talked about that. Uh, Amy Jones talked about that a little bit, I think. At least somebody said it. it's kind of like a metaphor almost for like a virgin's fear of, you know, the male penis and like, oh, holy shit, that whole thing's going to go inside of me. Right. That type of thing. <laughs> it takes so long. Yeah. So it was a little bit, a little bit of a metaphor there, but also just male in general. Yeah. Those damn males in the 80s penetrating everyone in oh their damn God. slasher movies. They're trying to no, be aggressive. There are no rules back then. Just ask Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be more aggressive. Yeah. Your number is zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the operator, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, who goes out to check on Diane? Because Diane pops out, pops down from the rafters in the garage. I don't think Trish. that's. I don't think that's till later. Because yeah. the uh, the uh, pizza guy shows up next, right after Diane. Because they think Diane's gone. They don't know yeah. that she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then the pizza guy shows up, knock that, at the door. And... That's the first time that they find out that something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just knock at the door. They think it's pizza guy. And what's the damage? <laughs> Six dollars for a pizza. That's a pretty good price. Because he goes, you can hear in the background, six so far. Because that's Russ <laughs> Thorne talking about yeah. the people he's killed. And then they, they they get everyone together. They can get six $1 bills in between them. Well, I, th- I think they uh, somebody had a 10. He's like, well, I'll pay what the 10. No. Which well, is yeah, a the pretty fucking like, good Give me tip. all the cash. That's a pretty good tip. $4 on a $6 pizza. Jeez. Yeah. You guys are generous. Yeah, the door opens and both his eyes are drilled Holes. through. Right. And he falls inside and everyone starts screaming. I like they, they call 911 and they're like, there's been a murder. And the operator goes, do you want police? 
I'll send the fire department. <laughs> it's like, like, why else would I be calling you? No, don't send anybody. But then he cuts the phone line, so it doesn't matter. Yep. This is also right after he stuck that bloody doll right on the window at her sock. She looked outside oh, yeah. and he, she saw him creeping out there, but she didn't really see who it was. Oh, yeah. And there's a part, too, where they, the, when the guys are inside, they mention, like, oh, that creepy doll trick was, you know, stupid. And the guy's like, what doll? And then they yeah. change the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when uh, when Neil and Jeff decided to split up and go to the neighbor neighbors' houses. Yep. And I think Jeff runs into. Um, no, Jeff goes to Mister Content's house, and uh, he's not there because he's dead. And then I think he gets slashed, and then on his way back, is it on his way back? He sees yep. uh, Diane fall out of the rafters, mm-hmm. or is uh, on his way out? I forget. I think it's Jeff had the knife, right? They both had a knife. Oh, they both had a Neil Neil went to Valerie's house, but she was too busy watching a movie to answer the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when she finally went to the door, Russ Thorne, and he was fighting with Russ Thorne outside of view of the window. <laughs> right. Very quietly, so she couldn't hear it. <laughs> Those acoustics. I think everybody's got every fucking time. hearing problems in this neighborhood. All the men are gone now. It's just the women. Yeah. And right, when the, right before that phone is cut off... They're screaming in the background because they were on the phone with the coach. Yeah, she's so they're like, on oh, the- I'm wondering if something happened. Or she calls Valerie. Yeah, they were on the phone with the coach when the pizza boy came in. And then they hung up on coach when they yeah. freaked out because he was dead. And then she tells Valerie to go over. And Valerie's like, I don't think I want to. Mm-hmm. Coach goes, maybe I'll go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell them how, how they scored all those runs. <laughs> <laughs> this is urgent. We need this information. Another thing about Russ Thorne is he loves to knock over the fucking garbage cans. I think he just likes milling around the garbage in general because he already stole the shit in the beginning. Right. Um, he knocks over somebody's garbage because there's two more garbages that get knocked over. And I think one of them was uh, well, was Valerie. Has Valerie. And then, well, I think that might have been was Russ Thorne. I think the dogs ran over or knocked over the cans first and then Valerie had to go pick him up and then she had to go out there and pick him up again but that wasn't the the dogs yeah there were those swings swinging too mm-hmm. those things yep. looked like uh ski lift chairs <laughs> yeah what, I don't know there was, was a weird swinging chair thing yeah <laughs> so then uh Russ Thorne kind of gets how does he get into the house again well Courtney goes over there and Valerie follows her, and Courtney's about to knock, and then she's like, oh, fuck that. And then Valerie comes, and she actually knocks. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they open the door, Valerie has walked away, and Russ Thorne's just sitting there. You know, Jackie opens the door for the killer. Mm-hmm. and uh, She gets sliced right in the neck right yeah, away. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of cat and mouse in the house, upstairs and downstairs, and hide and seek. Yeah, Trish and Kim blockade themselves inside the the upstairs bedroom, but they leave the window wide open. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Russ Thorne's got the him blonde s- that gets killed. Kim, Kim, and right Russ, after Jackie with her own knife. Yeah, fucking dumb. You yeah. leave your knife out, but Russ Thorne, he's got that ladder from the the foam lady. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he's perfectly silent, crawling in through that window. Yeah. Until he finally creaks on a floorboard 
when he's right behind him and they both slowly turn around. Well, what are they gonna what are they gonna do? They've already blocked the door. They can't get that dresser out from <laughs> in front of the door. Yeah. And so Trish is able to get out, but that's when um Kim gets it, right? Yep. And then uh Valerie and Courtney just walk in the house and they're looking around and Courtney's like, Let me get a beer. Yeah, because Trish went and hid in a closet. Yeah, Trish went and hid in a closet. Yeah, she was in like Russ a- Thorne had put uh, Kim in the fridge, which Courtney doesn't see at first. There's a body hanging like she opens come out it the door. closes it like three times. Yeah, which is pretty hilarious. Body finally falls out, so finally they know that something is a little fishy because mm-hmm. the right. Russ Thorne dumps the. Well, that's after Valerie runs downstairs. Russ Thorne dumps the pizza boy's body down there. Yeah. Because she tells Courtney to run, and run, Courtney runs out. She runs out to the living room and hides under the couch. Yep. It was like a big... Like, that couch was sitting up high. Yeah. It looked like she had a lot of room under there. I was mm-hmm. like, gee, that's a, that's a fort right down there. <laughs> and then maybe the best scene in the movie. <laughs> Russ Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> There's like five minute scene of Russ Thorne putting down his drill, putting it in position, and then grabbing a blanket, laying down, and covering himself with it. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then waiting. <laughs> right in the middle of the room. <laughs> He'll never notice I'm here. That's when the coach shows up, correct? Yeah, and yeah. I appreciate that scene because you never see these killers, you know, preparing their, their, uh, their attacks like that. Usually mm-hmm. it's just. You know, they cut away to something else and then they come back in the room and he's he's popping up from under the cover. So I really appreciated them showing him yeah. getting down there and covering up. He's just thinking, I'm really going to scare him. <laughs> this is going to be great. They're going to walk up. I'm going to pop up and go, boo. This is going to be so good. I got to tell the, all, the, all my friends about this later. Yeah. Tell the boys later at the bar. Back at the institution. So yeah, he pops up after, well, you know, Coach Jana starts... She reaches over and pulls the blanket off and crazy eyes is looking at her. Right <laughs> now's <there>. my time. <laughs> <laughs> now's my time to shine. Perfect. It, it worked perfectly. <laughs> Just as I planned it. Uh, so he gets up. He slashes her in the stomach after they square off. She has a, a fire poker from the fireplace. Yeah. Courtney trips him up and then. Coach hits him in the back a couple times because I don't. Yep. Really, I don't really do it. Take him out. And then Trish comes out of nowhere. Chris, look on her face. That <laughs> knife. Oh my god. Sinks it in, and then she's just like staring at his blood's dripping off. Like she goes nuts there for a minute. And she does the same exact thing like five minutes later again because she runs outside. Yeah. And she stabs him at the end. Well, then Valerie's the crazed look in her face. Valerie's downstairs with that circular saw that we talked about earlier. <laughs> The very long cord, but not quite long enough. <laughs> like that's another funny moment where, like, she's got it and she's like, "I'm gonna go," and then she runs and she reaches the end of the cord and just like bounces back like ten feet. Mm-hmm. And she puts down like she considers a bunch of weapons that are better than the saw, and then she puts <laughs> them all back down like the hammer. Like I would have taken the hammer. Right. There's that machete there, although I don't think she saw that right away. No, I don't. Well, there's think a couple so other either. things. It's like, what the? Why did you take that power saw? Literally, there's only about three inches of reach on that blade. Yeah, this drill is much longer than that saw. Yeah, 
With that machete, that did the trick. Yep. So I have a clip here, the final clip from this film. And this is uh, when he has Trish on the ground. This is what he says to Trish, Russ Thorne. It's like his only line in the movie, I think. Yeah. Well, besides six so far. <laughs> Are pretty. All of you are very pretty. <laughs> Please don't do this. I love you. Please, I didn't hurt you. Stop doing this. Takes a lot of love for a person to do this. Go away. You know you want it. Love it. Yes. I, I don't even know you. So, you know you want it. Sounds yeah. kind of rapey out of context. <laughs> yeah, I mean that the stuff context, that he's saying. You can tell it comes from a place of love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's you know, there's the the whole theme of like female male dynamic sexuality mm-hmm. thing. But those lines that he says right there, like, that's the part that just barely even makes any sense in the, like, the context of the plot. It only really makes a lot of sense when you consider that theme of, like, you know, guys pursuing sex with girls because he's, you know, oh, I love you. It takes a lot of love to do this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like he's convincing her, oh, you know. I love you. We need to have sex. You know Just you want it. Shut up and let me penetrate you. Like, what does what does that even mean when he's coming at her with the drill? You know you want it. Like, w- what? She wants to die by yeah, he's, drill. He's he's mentally unstable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I think we interpreted that way. That. Sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty women over. Love with to be, the, the women want to be drilled. Let's get it out here. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah there's a valerie comes in she fights with russ thorn outside by the pool she grabbed that machete she chops off his drill which is yeah another symbolic moment chopping off his dick chopped off his hand too yep that was sweet there's some pretty great practical effects and makeup in here Uh all the drill holes and yeah it's pretty fun makeup work then you think he's dead. He's in the pool, and then he does. And then he's you not. see his stump <laughs> and <laughs> grab the edge of the, the pool. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's wrestling with Valerie, and Trish comes out again and stabs him, and then uh, then he's finally done. He yeah. falls backwards into the pool. Well, he falls back. He he falls. Oh, like, he lunges, first. and then he. F- Falls on Valerie's machete. Right. Yeah. All the way through him and that yeah, finally that's right. Right, right. does him in. And then cut to credits. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Very, there's no, <laughs> like there's still a crying and screaming. Yeah. What did they, do you hear the sirens in the background? Yep. And you hear it, some sirens and then it just cuts. Yeah. It's like they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the end of the story. Everything else is just what you would expect. So, we already talked about a lot of the imagery and themes. Let's get into some fun facts. Who's got some fun facts for me? I don't know. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. I have a sad fact. (laughs) Go for it. 
Um, I don't know. I was just curious about some of the people in this movie, what else they had done, where they are these days. And I looked up the actress for Valerie, Robin Still, right? Yep. And so she was in, you know, a few horror movies in uh, the 80s and maybe early 90s. And then she kind of didn't really do anything after that, had some trouble finding roles, apparently became a bit of an alcoholic and uh, committed suicide in 1996. Too bad. Sad Hollywood story. It's a fucking downer, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Jesus. I didn't look up any fun facts. That's the only thing I came across. Michael Vieja read the book Helter Skelter in order to research the role of Russ Thorne. Mm-hmm. I also heard that. That's that's. This is a fun fact from IMDb. I can confirm because I heard him talk about that in that making of. He was interviewed. He also talked about he tried to act animalistic in his movements, almost like a peacock. <laughs> peacock? That's yeah. an interesting animal to choose to yeah. imitate for a horror movie. You know, cocky bird, cocky men mm. type of thing. Sticking with the theme, yep. cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Vieja originally read for the role of the neighbor, David Content. Pam, who almost drilled Coach Jana in the face, was actually a uh, set designer on the film. That's a fun fact. <laughs> she's doing the peephole. She's like she's doing her job on the film. <laughs> on the film. According to Amy Jones, the movie was originally supposed to clock in at about 90 minutes. Uh, considering that the film only runs at 76, uh, there was a different ending, she said. Uh, we reshot... Uh, to punch it up it must have been lame because I can't remember it. <laughs> I think it was the same, but without the pool, we ruined that pool with the reshoot. But it was fun. She recalls. One other particular scene that was omitted uh, for pacing reasons, uh, Deborah Deliso recapped was a scene uh, with the girls playing with a Ouija board, spelling out the words death. So there's definitely some scenes cut. Marge Corman, he likes his movies streamlined. They got to make money. Mm-hmm. Show that. Show those tits, show those ass, show the blood. Get out of Explosions. there. Credits. <laughs> yep, I think that about does it for fun facts for yeah. Slumber Party 1. I think so. So let's do it. Let's move on to the second one. Do it. Slumber Party Massacre 2. Electric Boogaloo. No, just kidding. It might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> It's about as surreal as... Uh, yeah, very surreal. As you said earlier, it's... I mean, the first one is a, a slasher and a comedy. This one's a a horror comedy musical. Yeah. How long is this one? Hour and 17 minutes. Wow. Same length. Consistent. Yeah. Although there's an extended version I've yet to watch that's on the Scream Factory Blu-ray. I'm kind of... It's like 16, 17 extra minutes. Pretty pumped for that. Yeah, it's uh they didn't remaster that one though. Yeah. That's kind of why we didn't we just stuck to the theatrical for this. Yeah. Directed by Deborah Brock, also written by her, so this was written and directed by the same person. Starring I say this is from 87. Well, it is. Yeah, just did. Starring Crystal Bernard as Courtney. She plays Courtney, the sister of Valerie from the first one. Obviously, it's a different actress. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But that's kind of the continuous storyline from the first one. Yeah, it's a few years later. Yeah, and Valerie's in a mental institution. 
And Courtney's struggling in life. A little PTSD. Yeah, she's having some bad dreams. Uh, Also starring Jennifer Rhodes as Mrs. Bates. Kimberly MacArthur as Amy. Patrick Lowe as Matt. That must be Rob Lowe's brother or something. He kind of looked a little like Rob Lowe, didn't he? Uh, Maybe. This is the 80s. This is Rob Lowe as coming up party. Maybe like a younger brother or something. He's got no trivia. Patrick Lowe has no trivia, no personal details. Damn. Uh, Juliet Cummins as Sheila. He's only been on three things. Heidi Kozak Haddad as Sally. Cindy Elbacher as Valerie. So Valerie from the first one, but she's not in it much. Atanas Illich is the driller killer in here. He's fucking amazing. <laughs> Looks like Andrew Dice Clay. It's too cool for school. This is 87, so this is right when Dice was getting big, right? Yeah, he was on top of the world, Ma. <laughs> uh, Joel Hoffman as TJ, who's a real winner. Scott Westmoreland as Jeff. Michael Delano as Officer Kruger. He was in a bunch of stuff. Commando and Ocean's 11 and 12. Uh, Hamilton Mitchell as Officer Vor- <laughs> Voorhees. Yeah, like a lot of these characters were named after famous horror characters. Yeah. This came out a year after Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps kind of did the same thing where everyone was kind of a different horror character or a horror filmmaker. Don Daniel played Mr. Damn Kids. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> call him Mr. Damn Kids because that's his only line of the movie. <laughs> his only line. Uh, Storyline. Courtney Bates, the younger sister of Valerie, and her friends go to their... Uh, go to their condo for a weekend getaway, but Corny can't get rid of the haunting feeling that a supernatural rockabilly driller killer is coming to murder them all. So the music is very different from the first one. Side note to the first one, I'd, I'd love that music. Uh, a lot of organ stuff made, made up the score of the first one. It's 100% made on a Casio synthesizer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet. This one, I mean, obviously there's... A lot of rock music and rockabilly music, mm-hmm. and the, but also the score, I guess, is probably pretty dreamlike. That's the way I took it, at least the second yeah. time watching it. Like the whole movie is like a, a dream. You don't know if it's a dream or if it's actually happening, and you yeah. don't know if it's like supernatural shits going on. And yeah, Jason might not comment as much in the second one because he hasn't seen it. But yep, we've told him certain things about it. Yep. He needs to see it. Not yep. sure I do. You need to see it. Yeah. We recommend, yeah, if you've only seen the first one, stop this episode and watch the second. For real. And then, yeah, for realsies, and then come back. Like, do it. <laughs> do it. Fucking amazing. Yeah, Brett liked <laughs> this way more than the first one. I still like the first one a little more, I think. But the second was just, it's so different. It's yeah. Give it's, it, I give her a lot of credit for that. It's it's very strange. Like is it strange and surreal and very like he's a dreamlike throughout and it's it's out there. Yeah, you can definitely tell they're kind of taking a bit from Nightmare on Elm Street, which came out three years prior. Yeah, and I'm sure there's one or two of the sequels that already come out. If anything, you could say they're kind of ripping that off, but yeah. But I think they do it in such an original way. Like, who thinks of this stuff? Rockabilly Jewelry Killer? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty original. <laughs> uh, here's our first clip. This is because uh, in the beginning, uh, Courtney's sleeping, 
she's dreaming about this guy she likes, Matt, mm-hmm. that low guy. And then uh, all of a sudden it cuts in some scary imagery. It's like a dead bird. There's a rockabilly guy, driller killer, some other stuff. There are just some flashbacks to the first movie. From and some then of there's the some flash forwards to, uh, of this movie. Yep. Foreshadowing is what that's called. <laughs> and then uh, so she goes downstairs and her, she's talking to her mom about this. Dr. Watts says that it's perfectly normal to dream about it again from time to time. I mean, after all, dreams are one way that our minds deal with frightening experiences. I know. See, that's why Valerie... That's why Dr. Watts says that your sister has problems, you see. She's never been able to release. I know. He told me all about it. Thanks. Do you want me to make an appointment? Maybe you should talk to him. Mom, I'm okay. It was just the same old dream. Just the same old dream. She's having it all the fucking time. Recurring nightmares. After that, she kind of meets up with a friend of hers. Uh, They're driving around, and Matt comes up behind him, so they kind of flag him down, and they talk to him about school. What are you guys doing after class? And they're in a band. Going, so to, going to band practice. Yeah, they're going to practice at uh, it's Courtney's house, correct, in her garage? I think so. Yeah. My house or my garage type of thing. Yeah. So she invites Matt over. And then I have a clip from uh, kind of the end of their song. And then when Matt comes over. Even before that, there's like a two-minute sing-along in the car with yeah. uh, Courtney and um, what's the other one? I forget her name. I don't remember the names because I didn't. Do notes on this one. Is it uh, Amy? I think it's Amy. Yeah. Blonde. Yeah. Which seems a little out of place, <laughs> to be honest. And the song's not that good. She's like, I love that song. And then it's like, I'm going through the motions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, she invites him to practice. And I had a clip here from them playing and then. She invites them to the condo that they plan on going to for a weekend getaway to practice and uh, party with their friends without parental supervision. something to drink does anybody want anything yeah can you get me a slice sure perrier please i like your music thanks would you like to do something this weekend sure 
but... But what? Well, I was going to invite you someplace. Well, invite away. <laughs> um, see, Sheila's dad just bought this new condo. Yeah. And, well, all of us were going to go up for the weekend and hang out and practice. Sounds like fun. Are her parents going to be there? <laughs> no. Bad, bad girl. <laughs> Not us. You must be thinking of some other girls. No. I'm thinking of you. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Oh, I can't. Uh, I'll call you tonight. Great. Killer joke. Oh my god, Sally might be my favorite. <laughs> yeah, she's the drummer, and she's a pretty good drummer. She's so fucking ditzy. Yeah, I I laughed so hard when uh, when she said, "Get me a slice." <laughs> that I missed the the next slide. I, I used to love slice. I haven't heard somebody ask for a slice in forever. Slice or, was one of my maybe, favorite orange sodas. Maybe ever, if not the favorite. Slice was always good. I don't remember last time I heard somebody talk about Slice. <laughs> I think I like it better than Crush or Fanta. I know what Courtney's getting for her birthday. <laughs> A boyfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt in this one is like actually like a perfect gentleman yeah. type of character. Versus TJ, who is a complete tool. <laughs> And the the other guy, what's the other guy's name? Uh, shit. Jeff. There's Jeff's no, kind of a in between. He's a decent guy, decent enough, I guess. There's another Jeff. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, TJ reminds me of Adam from Workaholics. Yeah. Like they're very similar. Uh, they're talking about her birthday because her birthday's on Sunday, and the mom had suggested they go see Valerie that weekend in the hospital. On like, Sunday, on her birthday. <laughs> I don't want to go to a hospital on my birthday, you know. <laughs> Even if Can't we is... see Valerie another weekend? <laughs> right? Like, she's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like she's going to rust thorn her way out of it. <laughs> so, they all go down to the condo. It's, I think it's Amy's dad's condo. Uh... No, I think Whatever. it was the other one. It was um, shit. Sheila. Sheila, yeah. And uh, obviously they're out of town, so they got the whole weekend. They get they drive down there Friday night, singing along in the car, of course, to another song. Oh, yeah. A lot of singing in here. Well, Courtney has a couple nightmares in the car. Yeah. 
It even sees a bloody Valerie outside the window when there's getting pulled over in a parking lot. Drilled, getting drilled <laughs> right outside. And she's like, wow, oh my gosh. Oh, then she's like, oh, she's not there. I'm like, who? Valerie. She was getting murdered. <laughs> not there anymore. <laughs> so it's it was like more of that stuff. Like she... Is she hallucinating? Is she dreaming? Is it Yeah, is she happening? falling asleep and is then it, dreaming, or is she just seeing this shit? Yeah. Or is it really happening? You know, you don't know. Yeah. Because it could be supernatural. Because mm-hmm. there's other supernatural stuff that happens later <laughs> that seems to be pretty real. And then, so they get to the house. They start uh, some more dick imagery when they're all eating corn dogs. <laughs> Like there's a big plate of mustard in between them, and everyone's just chowing down on corn dogs and cool. drinking champagne and cheese whiz. Champagne with corn dogs. Yeah, well, Amy says it goes great with corn do- with champagne. I think it was Sally. Sally did. Sally, that, sorry. And then she just shows half one in her mouth, and yeah, watch I can deep throat this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, biting off the dick sneers. So more dick imagery. Just slice and corn dogs and <laughs> champagne for Sally. <laughs> Uh, so they have a good old time. They start to get pretty drunk, and they start dancing around, have a little pillow fight. There's much less nudity in this one. There's only one scene, and only one of the girls yeah. actually takes her bra off. Sheila. Sheila. During the pillow fight? Yeah. Okay. So she instigates like, it. I mean, they're in lingerie. like They get into bras and whatnot, but only one actually takes her bra off, and then she starts snapping the other ones with her bra. <laughs> <laughs> How does she... Uh... I mean, how how does it get to that? Does she just oh we're all in our own, in our underwear? I guess I'll take my bra off. Yeah, she, she they're, they're they're dancing. It. Yeah, she instigates it. There's a song. They're dancing, and this is when the guys show up. You know, they were supposed to come on Saturday. Mm. This is TJ and Jeff. So wait, the guys are at the pillow fight. Well, they're outside they, looking, they just they like in the first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, they the show window. up early. They're like, we're going to surprise them. They're going to love it. So obviously they don't hear them at the front door, so they go around the back, and that's when they see. Yeah. But Sheila is actually TJ's girlfriend, so it doesn't really yeah. matter that he sees her naked. Huh. I mean, they're still peeping, but. So apparently. Uh, maybe she didn't want Jeff to see, you know. Yeah. So apparently the, he doesn't care that Jeff is looking at his girlfriend. I guess Megan. not. The, the girl that played Amy uh, was a Playboy model, and she had it in her contract that she would not do nudity oh. in this movie. So, hmm. And she's got the biggest set. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she kind of covers them up the whole movie, and then she's in a bikini one scene. and It's like, wow, I didn't know it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Those came out of nowhere. <laughs> This movie just keeps like, getting more and more surreal. I don't know what's real anymore. They sneak in and scare Sheila and Amy and well, everyone. Yeah. It was a really mean prank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff pretends he has a knife through him. He sticks it between his arms. Mm. Falls Clever. over backwards. And then TJ tackles Sheila. Right, there's there's pranks in both movies that are kind of similar because like in the first movie we didn't talk about it, but there's a scene where Courtney sneaks up on Valerie while she's putting the garbage cans back up with a knife. Yeah, which is like a good way to sneak up on your sister <laughs> when you're just playing games. And then uh, TJ and Jeff kind of reenact the, a similar scene in the second one. Yeah, not so funny, guys. You really scared us. 
So, I mean... And then TJ and Sheila have loud sex for the rest <laughs> of the night. <laughs> yep. In the other room. You don't see it, you just hear it. Yeah, because Matt, Matt doesn't show up until the next day. Right. And then Courtney and uh, Amy are sharing a bed, and Amy's just sleeping through it, and Courtney's just, like, tossing and turning. Until <laughs> <laughs> she finally falls asleep and then has another nightmare. And then... Ends up running out of the room and then falling asleep in the middle of the kitchen floor. Yeah. And then waking up there the next morning. And she goes out to the pool right away. This is like 8, 9, 10 a.m. They all get their bikinis on. and mm-hmm. this, I have a clip there. She's describing the nightmares to Amy. Amy's got a lot of juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like those shits were full. Courtney, are you okay? Amy, I feel horrible. It's just a hangover. Everybody's got one. No, that's not it. I've been having really horrible nightmares about that stuff that happened to Trish Cravens when I was 12. I thought you were over that. Yeah, me too, but I keep dreaming about this this really weird guy. And last night, he was in bed with me. I think you should have some juice and some toast, and you'll feel a lot better after you eat something. Last night... In my dream, he killed Valerie. I mean, it was real. I could feel him. I could feel him breathe on me. You know, I read a doctor's report once about something called subconscious projection. He kissed me. And it was real. It's the kind of dream you have when you drink too much. She read a doctor's report once. <laughs> Actually, this uh, talking about juice reminds me. We we forgot about in the first movie the Kool Aid. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. there was a line that I wanted to point out. Extra uh, sugar in that Kool Aid. Yeah, she didn't measure it out at all. She just dumped in a bag in there. Yeah, and I believe it was the pre-sweetened Kool Aid. There's, <laughs> there's a great line though. Valerie says, "According she says, as a famous Mr. Jones once said, shut up and drink your Kool Aid.'" Yeah, Jim uh-huh. Jones. I didn't catch that, but yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a great line. Um, I also saw but something point out, some website I read something, mm-hmm. pointed out that everything they drink in that in that first movie is red, like blood red. Yeah. Strawberry daiquiris. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't really Glade. see... Do you see anyone drinking the beer? Because it's bottled and it's a brown bottle. You can't really see shit. I don't think so. It's bringing it in, but you don't really see him drinking it. And then... Courtney wants to, but then Valerie's like, no, I'm going to. Yeah. You're underage. Yeah, you can't have it. But anyways, back to. Yeah, it's like tomato juice or something now in the morning. It's a tall glass. She had a lot of toast, too. (laughs) Yeah. Man, you must have been up all day toasting. (laughs) (laughs) I have a clip here. This is uh, just some TJ stuff. TJ being TJ. Fucking tool bag. Here we go. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> Jelly ball! Whoa! Hey! Monster chicken tag! Sorry. Do you want an egg? I can oh. fix you one. No thanks. <laughs> Water's great. Let's skinny dip. <laughs> no way. Oh, you girls are so uptight. I mean, they looked to me like they were into it last night. Didn't it look that way to you? Uh huh, uh huh, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, TJ, but we're sober now. Apparently, you're not. Uh. Amy, pass me some juice. Sure. 
spelling. Thank you. What's wrong, Courtney? Got a hangover? Oh, yeah, I guess I do. Oh, I had the worst nightmare last night. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how much my head hurts. Oh, I can fix that. How? All right, stand up. Come on, over here. What are you up to, man? <laughs> All right, now just relax. Okay. <laughs> how does that feel? Feels <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. Heal this thy poor lamb in her hour of need. Satisfy this wench. Give her what she knows she wants. TJ, calm down. TJ, get your hand off the wench. Ties. She must be gone. Yeah, he just just gropes her, right, and grabs her, and just basically molests her in front of everyone, and then throws her in the pool, and then she almost drowns. She sees the driller kill her in the pool. Yeah. But she just, like, sinks and is motionless. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what happened, but he almost killed her. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking TJ. Do you think the actor was putting on that, like, accent? Like, he sounds like a douchey surfer guy. Yeah, who's, like, constantly high. Yeah. But, it, I don't know. I've never heard such he a... Like a... He has, a some sort of a Seth Rogen laugh. As, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to that... You think he actually talks like that in normal? Yeah. Regular life? I don't know. That I, I don't think I've ever heard such a punchable voice. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. So I can't imagine that that's how the actor normally talks. But I don't know. He's, he seemed pretty natural in that, <laughs> in that role. He played it pretty well. TJ. Can't get enough of TJ. Yeah. Actually, actually, I can. He's pretty fucking annoying. <laughs> Well, they, uh, but he's entertaining. Yeah. Mother at the house, Sally keeps on talking about the zit that's underneath the surface. So it's, she's trying to make Courtney feel better by relating to her nightmare problems <laughs> with a problem of her own. And her problem is that she has a zit coming in and you can't see it. It's below it's, the surface. That's the worst thing I can imagine. <laughs> It's like really big though Even though you can't see it It's like a life ruining problem <laughs> And uh I'm sorry you just drowned But I mean I have problems too I yeah, can they, totally relate They try and calm Courtney down and she goes to take a bath And then he sees her Or I should say she sees the driller killer Kind of in the bathtub Almost like Nightmare on Elm Street and like the, the water's coming up. Yeah, the water turns red. Yep. So and they kind of replay, they rehash that scene a little bit. Yeah. She freaks out. Sally's like, "What's going on?" Yep. And then Sally, <laughs> or you say Courtney hallucinates that Sally's zit not only is visible, but it's like a huge fucking mutation on it takes, her face. It takes over half her face and then it fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah. It's Basically, her whole face explodes. Fucking an amazing scene. Yellow pus showers her oh it's an amazing scene <laughs> yeah and, and then courtney's freaking out and she everyone, runs out screaming and nobody knows where sally is she just disappears and they don't have her body or anything so they call the police and the garbage disposal is mysteriously on that's so right they think she's in the garbage disposal and then uh, do you have the clip of uh, yeah, I have the... officer kruger has to recap everything <laughs> just so he understands <laughs> yeah but here's the cops talking to him 
Now, let me get this straight. You saw Sally's face explode in the bathroom. But you haven't seen her since, dead or alive. And you think that she's in the trash compactor, but you're afraid to look, right? Yes. When did this happen? Uh, about three hours ago. Did you see her? Was her face intact? Well, the last time I saw her was about two o'clock, but she was okay then. No, go away. You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> Is this Sally Burns? <laughs> yes. Christ, where have you been? I just went to the store to get some more Oxy-10, and... Well, I, I met this outrageous guy. He was such a babe. And, um, I... <laughs> Did I do something wrong? You freaked out your little friends here. And you wasted about $200 of the taxpayer's money. But you didn't do anything wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what kind of drugs this one is on, and I don't care. Because I don't want to have to deal with her mother and father and the fancy lawyers. But I'll tell you, Brad, something. If you jerk my chain in my town, I'll rip your lungs out. Come on, Kruger. Denny's is holding our booth. I'm on my way. Y'all have a nice day. Holding our booth. At their uh, own booth. Officers Kruger and Voorhees. <laughs> I wonder how they got that. What's funny is later in the movie... Once shit starts really happening, Courtney calls the police again, and they tell her to not call back. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call back again. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as she says who she is, "Eh, don't don't call us anymore. (laughs) So uh, Courtney is upstairs with Matt. You know, it's her birthday. He brings her a cake. Yeah. So sweet of him. With a bunch of candles, and then they just puts it right on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and, and then they let the candles burn. Yeah, they're starting to get intimate, and all of a sudden a drill shoots through Matt's chest <laughs> from behind. And it's Driller Killer, and he's just... It's for realsies this time. So one of the, th- <laughs> one of the things uh, that comes up a few times is uh, like basically if... If Courtney has sex, the driller killer will become real or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she starts to get into it with Matt, and that's when the driller killer becomes real. Yep. So he just goes to the house destroying people. Oh, yeah. And he's got the fucking... He's got a giant guitar with a drill coming out the neck. Yeah, it's pretty that's sweet. fucking awesome. Showing out one-liners and whatnot. Oh, <laughs> Hundred percent leather outfit, mm-hmm. just head to toe, and uh, so with, he with the fringe. He cuts TJ in the leg, but TJ gets away with Sheila. Yeah, and uh, he drills Sally through the wall. Little Jeff and the Courtney or somebody's trying to call. Yeah, or Amy too. I think was yeah, there. Amy, and it goes through. Sally's chest through the wall and through the phone. Yeah, which is pretty pretty cool shot. Which is pretty sweet. Everyone kind of runs out of the house uh, into a car, and the driller killer is already in the car waiting in the back seat because he can <laughs> basically just teleport like Nightcrawler. Yeah. 
Or Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger kind of did that too. He kind of teleports himself, at least in the dreams. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he runs Jeff through from the back seat with his drill. The girls run out. He catches up to TJ and uh, Sheila outside that one dude's house, and they're banging on his door. Yeah. And then the driller killer gets him and kills him, and the guy opens up, and he's like, oh, fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> Damn kids. Damn kids. Mr. Damn Kids. Yeah. <laughs> but then they get back to the house, and that's where the drawer killer really shines, because it's his time to do his first song. Yeah. Let's buzz. <laughs> I got part of it right here. I didn't want to, obviously, take the whole song. So buzz, here's some buzz, of it. buzz, buzz. <laughs> now it's time for the fun part. Quite the showman, the driller killer. Oh, yeah. He's got dance moves for days. <laughs> that he does. And the songs are pretty decent. I got to hand it to him. I, yeah, I agree with that. He And then he's stalking. It was at Sally was in the in the hallway that he was stalking. Meanwhile. Not Sally. Sally got killed by the phone. Oh, that's right. Who was is, who is in the hallway then? I think Sheila. Okay, so TJ got killed at the house and Sheila got away. Yeah, I think that's how it worked. And then... Uh, Amy and Courtney had barricaded themselves in the bedroom. Yep. Much like the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so Sheila's banging on the door, but they're like, well, I hear that driller killer. <laughs> He's out there. <laughs> I'm probably not going to let you in. So uh, he does away with her, yeah. and then he starts drilling through the door. Yep. And there's a, a sliding glass door there that they slip out of. Run across the rooftop. Yep. There must have been a balcony upstairs, a second floor balcony. Yep. So they're running over rooftops, and Driller Killer's just teleporting to different like rooftops, and he's playing guitar riffs and <laughs> dishing out lines. And he he cuts them off one area, and he tries to slice them, and he gets Amy across the face, just kind of nicks her a little bit, mm. and then he uh, he says this. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> and then he chases him into some sort of a it's like a new construction yeah they, they, they just a new have a building a frame of a house up 
Yeah. And so they're going through there. It's like the ending of Lethal Weapon 3, if you've seen it. (laughs) 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 And then uh, he's stalking them through there, singing, throwing up one-liners. Yep. He kills Amy. Yeah, so he... He, Amy and uh, Courtney end up on an upper floor and he kind of takes a swing at them and Amy falls off and Courtney's holding her up and mm-hmm. he gets her to drop Amy down to the, the ground below. And yep. then it's one-on-one, him and Courtney. Then he, uh, he waxes poetic to her. Well, she broke my heart and made me cry. So don't you know she had to die? She had to die. (laughs) I can't stop loving you. I won't stop till I do. So then uh, shortly thereafter... Does she douse him in fluid? No, she's just got like a blowtorch. Yeah, she torches him. And he says, baby, light my fire. (laughs) 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 And so she lights him. He goes up quick. Yeah. And then he falls off the top of the thing and, you know. Apparently dies. Well, and then then they start doing flashbacks and shit. And you don't know if it's, you know rewinding stuff or if it's just been a dream the whole time or taking Amy's body out and Courtney wants to see her face. So she pulls the blanket down and Amy, her eyes open up and she starts kind of laughing, screaming type of thing. And then, yeah, it continues with that kind of montage of flash forwards and flashbacks. Yeah. And it kind of cuts to, uh, instead of Valerie in the institution, it's Courtney, but then the driller colors there too. So you don't know, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, because he drill. There's a drill through the floor, and yeah. she's screaming. Can't stop. In that Love room. you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, everything was just a dream. Was well, she was in the mental institution? But then you don't even know that because the driller killer is drilling through that. So right, that or, could be a dream, or maybe it was Val- Valerie's dream. Yeah, or maybe it's all real. I don't know. <laughs> it's a real mind fuck. Um. Uh, yeah, I really admire this movie for kind of going in a completely different direction other than a drill. <laughs> but ball, even the drill is so much more different. Balls out. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things connected to the first, but it's kind of its own movie. You could watch this if you just say, well, there was another movie where this girl's and her older sister witnessed some carnage. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Really going in. So if, I mean, the first one's, you know, all right, it's, it's, you know, you can get through it and have some fun with that. But the second one, if you just want to skip the second one, you won't have to know all that much about the first one. Yeah. And what you need to know, they tell you. So, do you know the dead pigeon they used uh, on the sidewalk was a real dead pigeon that had been frozen and supplied for the film? Some of the fun facts for these two movies are just dog shit. Like, that's, I've flipped through about. 14 of them and that's been the most interesting one so far nine out of nine found it interesting actually i think every one of these are 100 percent found it interesting yeah apparently uh, a you know illich was the first person to actually audition 
for the Driller Killer. Deborah Brock was still obliged to look at other actors for the role, but in the end, you know, came back to him. Here's a fun fact. Well, this Heidi Kozak noticed that the cutoff jean shorts she wears were getting shorter and shorter every day. <laughs> she later found out that the costumer would pull threads out of them at the end of each filming day to make them shorter. After the discovery, she got herself a new pair of shorts. Mm. <laughs> she can't even escape the harassment on set. So uh, Julia the, Cummins, Sheila, and Heidi Kozak, her dad, Sally, are both alumni of the Friday the 13th series. Uh, Juliet had previously played Robin in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning from 85. And Heidi would go on to play Sandra in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Some of them are kind of familiar. I'm like, they, God, they've been in other slashers. Mm-hmm. I know it. Heidi Kozak filmed her death scene on her birthday, and she had cake in her death makeup. Mm-hmm. Three out of four found that interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there isn't much else. Uh, You can give the third one a watch as well. It's more of a lot lot more similar to the first movie, except the only thing different basically is that you don't know who the killer is right away. But um, yeah, I think this is a pretty unique series, especially with the the feminist um, angle all written and directed by women, kind of flips the genre on its ear a little bit, at least the subgenre of the slasher, specifically 80 slashers. Yeah. Um, kind of reflective of the culture at the time and what those were like. And so it's pretty it's pretty subversive. As Tarantino would say in uh, Sleep With Me, you want subversion, you want subversion on a massive scale. And he's talking <laughs> about Top Gun is about a bunch of, about Tom Cruise's struggle with his own homosexuality. <laughs> Maverick. That's what I, that's I never what seen that doing. movie, but I, you've seen the YouTube clip, haven't you? Of uh, no, I don't think so. It's a clip from the movie called Sleep with Me, and for like two minutes, Tarantino describes how Top Gun is one of the best scripts ever written because it's about man's struggle with his own homosexuality. He <laughs> <laughs> gives like some evidence and stuff. It's pretty that. funny. Didn't the the main uh, actress from Top Gun turn out to be a lesbian? Yeah, yeah, Kelly McGillis. She actually uh, died not too, uh, pretty recently, actually, within the past couple of years. Oh, I don't remember hearing about that. Yeah. I feel like I would have. I I hear about a lot of celebrity deaths. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You and I go to the same sites, dude, so. (laughs) Our browser histories are very similar at work. Jason's not so much. No. Can you go to Reddit at work? No. No. Can't. That sucks. Can't even go to Imager. I think you used to be able to, and then they cut out Reddit, and then they cut out Imager. Mm. Rats. Yep. You can go to Yahoo, but you can't sign in. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo! So there's, there's a lot of people struggling in fantasy football this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you want to add anything else? Um, Not really. I just want to reiterate how great the second movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would give both of them an eventually but you would probably give the first one a last resort or never you would give it a never the first one yeah never no it's no, a, it's at least the last I resort I would what no, do you mean wouldn't. I wouldn't I just did you said you, you were talking to me at work you know, how much you enjoyed like the imagery the feminist imagery I didn't say I enjoyed it oh so you don't like feminist imagery okay <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought we established that. Yeah. I didn't think it was a good movie. It's not worth watching. It's a last resort. Yeah. We'll we'll split the difference. It's last resort. I win. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask Jones to put it when I show it to him. Jones and I are at a movie marathon, a Halloween or a horror movie marathon on Saturday. I'm bringing Slumber Party Massacre. Sorry, the Slumber Party Slumber Massacre. Party. Mm-hmm. Slumber Party Massacre too. <laughs> at least and eventually. Yeah. At least. Brett wants it up at a soonish probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it might not be for everybody, but it should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, anything else you want to add? Nope. All right. I think you need to watch that second one. You would have I to. feel you like gotta, I just did. You've got to admit that the first one's not. It's a last resort at the worst. I don't I don't know. We just They're talked just about all, it. Just all these 80s slasher movies, just I feel like once you've seen one, you've seen them all. If you thought There's, it was a never, why are you even here today? <laughs> because I, I already <laughs> wasted the time watching it. I may as well say something about it so it was worth something. So it what, gave you some chuckles. It gave you laughs. It's a comedy. So, sure. you, so you didn't like it because it was too generic. I just didn't think there was enough there to make it worth watching. No? You just need more titties or? <laughs> just need more something need a, interesting, entertaining. Do you need something. a lingerie pillow fight? <laughs> that's the I like one. more content. Do you need a rockabilly jeweler killer? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was missing. Do you need a girl band? <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Now that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it. Please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie.com. Or sorry, watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Please rate and review. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. We will check you later. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.